Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, and I don't like that my feet are cold. I hate the winter, but that's okay, because we're going to have a fun episode today. Joining me, as per usual, is the lady behind the beeps, the poops, the buttons, and the bobs. She is no longer our youth correspondent. She's grown's up, she's grown's up. And she's grown up. It's Chelsea Bellington. How are you, Chelsea? I'm I'm losing my vision. My back aches. Um, I have a really strong hunger to go outside and yell at youths uh-huh. um, to get off my lawn, even though I don't have a lawn. No. Um, and I've been downloading Facebook memes. Welcome to your 30s, Chelsea. <laughs> it's all decay maintenance from here. Yes, I have officially retired, everyone. I'm no longer the youth correspondent. I am now just part of the gang. No, well, you're the lady behind the beeps, the boops, the buttons, and the bobs. That you can't be taken away power. from me. You rule with an iron fist, provided your cat engineer allows you to do that. Yes, when I'm allowed. And, and and it's groovy like that. But you recently celebrated a birthday. Uh, yeah. You you we 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 had a good time with that. Uh, you're fresh off of a sojourn with the wonderful folks at the George A. Romero Foundation. Yes. Uh, yes. Met, meeting people in person and going to to legendary horror spots like the cemetery from Night of the Living Dead, which is mm-hmm. oh so groovy. You're living your best uh, millennial gothic girl life. I That is very true. There's actually, our mm-hmm. listeners will find this funny too. I don't think I told you about this, but there was another cemetery that's famous in uh, Pittsburgh. It's a very big one. There's a lot of geese and deer, and they even have signs to like protect the wildlife, the geese and the deer. And there's a famous headstone of someone who is not famous they were just a really big fan of jaws and their tombstone or their you know uh gravestone is the shape of like the the triangular like jaws mouth uh and and everyone wants to go see it like he's not a i mean someone please correct me if i'm wrong this is what you know uh one of my friends i was with told me that not a famous guy whatsoever just a really big fan of jaws so now people like to go see that tombstone he left an epitaph and that's exactly that's a way to let him know you've been there if you had to have a tombstone that was had a symbolic shape of your favorite movie what would that symbolic shape be um it would be uh psycho gourmet saying i do not care for hunky boys <laughs> or do i i love that nice what about you i guess it would just be christian slater because of heathers <laughs> i don't know or i would have like fuck me gently with a chainsaw on there that'd be funny it, it, it'd have people i don't want to give after. people directions though no, it would have people decades after your death wondering if that was the cause. Yeah, fair. Ooh, I would love to be an urban legend. <laughs> I like that. There right. lies Chelsea Bennington. <laughs> Fuck gently to death with a chainsaw. 
They say on the nights of the full moon, you can still hear her. You can hear the like. <laughs> and you can also hear the chainsaw. <laughs> oh, we're starting off interesting. <laughs> well, th th this isn't an interesting topic in that it's going to be like our first official two-parter. And for long-time listeners of the Spooky Doings podcast, you've had to have figured out by now that everything I do say, think is wrong, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. So we're going back there once again. Yet another instance where Rick was wrong. This should come as no surprise at all to anyone ever. We're going back to Child's Play. Now, the, the Chucky series came out this fall, and I heard good things about it, and I thought to myself, all right, I'm going to watch it. But I'm a completist motherfucker. I'm not, I, if I'm in, I'm going in whole hog. I haven't watched any of the movies in a long time. Uh, the last two uh, canonical films, I was surprised existed. I'd never seen them, but it's like, let's revisit and, mm -hmm. and I, I said to Chelsea, I'm doing this. And she smiled and clapped her hands and said, great. Yes. That may not be verbatim, but that, that was definitely the sentiment. It, it was the sentiment because during the pandemic, I have become obsessed with two universes, not the Marvel verse, not no. the DC verse, not no. the whatever verse that, that's out there. I'm sure there's something else. But I've become obsessed with the Saw universe and the Child's Play universe. And I have gotten deep, deep into the subreddits and the Wikipedias and then articles and the critiques about both of these. And when it comes to Child's Play, that has been my latest obsession. This will add to the urban legend uh, <laughs> that, that, that grows about you posthumously. Uh, it will, uh, you, it'll be like your own Candyman, your old Bloody Mary. Uh, it'll be uh, Chainsaw Chelsea. Chainsaw, ooh, I like that. Chainsaw like that? Chelsea. How like has that? that never been said before? That's well, a well, good one. Thank you. I try. Where that, That's going to be your new nickname. You got that gratis from me. Nice. Nice. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll sit and we're going forward it, it, improv it's on the fly <laughs> so i'm old as fuck so i remember in 1988 when child's play came out um and and and, and i'm a few years older than andy in 88 i'm 12 so i'm too old to be playing with good guy dolls you know how old i was in 88 you weren't even a niche in your dad's pants in 1988 <laughs> anyway continue that means i was right <laughs> so yeah i'm too old to be playing with i'm old enough that like i could ask uh a, a girl awkwardly to go see child's play with me but i wouldn't be able to buy the tickets on my own so i could definitely relate to this when it came out so at the time it's like, okay, I could have been that kid because I, I don't know if you've ever seen the My Buddy dolls of the 1980s, Chelsea. They were very similar yeah. and, and, and going around. So the idea of a toy 
that could come to life uh, certainly resonated in my child's imagination. And for it to have a nefarious theme uh, would have made it very uh, scary and applicable at that time. I, I feel like this came to fruition at a time when slasher franchises were all the rage after, you know, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and they're just studios are cranking them out. So United Artists wants to get in on that money. And they did, kutching. Um, but it's also a really good commentary that I look back on now. The advertising for kids back in the day was really fucking insidious. I don't know how it is now, but every cartoon we loved was pretty much a half hour commercial for whatever toy was mm -hmm. involved. And it was nearly constant every day after school, all of Saturday morning. Uh, but but Chucky does, Child's Play rather, holds a special place in my heart as it was the only franchise horror movie my dad would sit down and watch bits of it with me because he was not scared of Chucky. He just figured he would get his pistol and shoot that little ginger fuck directly in the face and uh, then go back to making dinner. <laughs> So when, when did you first get to see Child's Play? So I first saw it, I know I first saw it when I was significantly younger um, because it was on TV a lot. Uh, it was never one that, um, like my mom had a swatch around, you know, Halloween or any, you know, she had her scary movie picks and I don't think Child's Play was ever part of them because I don't think she ever really got into them. And then in 2014, when I, uh, when I graduated college, I moved back to my mom's for a few months before moving to New York and I didn't have a job and my mom didn't have a job. So we were spending those like six months that I was at home, really just watching movies and watching TV shows. Like we binged all of Dexter and we found like horror movie franchises we wanted to watch. So Child's Play was one of the first ones. So we dedicated like ourselves to watching Child's Play one through three, then Bride, Seed, and Curse and Cult. Um, so we, the part of Child's Play that always stuck out to me was the one that, my God, we, I like promote this so much and it's not even airing anymore, but Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments, they do the scene of Chucky when Karen is holding the doll and goes, talk to me, damn it, or I'll throw you in the fire. And suddenly his face changes for the first time. And he's like, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. And like, just like punching the shit out of her and biting her. I always thought that was the best scene in the world. It's terrifying, but at the same time, you can't help but laugh. So I was so excited to watch it. And so me and my mom, we watched the first one. We were like, we'll give this a chance. We immediately had to watch the rest. So I love it. I think it's such a great um it's it's such a wonderful premise of a of a cursed doll but it's not like a poltergeist it's not a ghost it's just a really weird serial killer who we continue to find out in um that universe is weirder and weirder uh just possessed a doll and um it reminded me did you ever watch ghost in the machine no, with karen no. allen no. It was, I think it was an early nineties movie and a serial killer died and I think he got electrocuted and he was in the currents. So he was able to infiltrate with his spirit, like computers and like 
you know, um, sound systems and everything that's basically on a wire. Um, Sounds a little like shocker. Yeah. And I feel like with Ghost in the Machine, they were trying to be really serious about it. Um, And with Chucky, it's like Don Mancini understood that this is a silly premise, but can still be a dark one at the same time. So yeah, I, I would say 2014 was when I fell in love with it. It, it, it definitely is a, a, a silly premise, but it was played as serious as yeah. the other horror films of the time. Even the most ridiculous aspect of the movie. Chucky put his soul into a good guy doll thanks to voodoo. And I frequently wonder why why voodoo had had the satanic panic of the 80s been played out too much and it's like we need something different fuck make it voodoo (laughs) yeah that's a good point and i do love that they keep going back to it as well and yeah i don't know how else they could have done it i guess it could have been like a fluke or it could have been i mean they could have easily fallen into the satanic panic you know Mm -hmm. and made it like some type of some type of satan's curse um but i did enjoy uh (laughs) the voodoo aspect was there's just something about a serial killer who's called like the what was it like the woodside strangler or something like that um whatever town he was in the uh, strangler um being into voodoo just in case something happens like that's so narcissistic and problematic it's awesome everybody's got their interests outside of what they regularly do <laughs> so you know he, he kills people but you know outside of that eh, dabble in the voodoo <laughs> yes a little, and- little bit everybody's got a gree or so i hear <laughs> uh, from from my forays into new orleans but yeah the, the, it when i first saw it you know i'm a kid i'm rooting uh for andy as uh, i assume director tom holland would have wanted us watching it as an adult i am actively rooting against andy he he's very bothersome to me uh because i don't really like children even when i was one so i'm like uh yeah go ahead become a kid i don't care knock yourself out just get him to stop whining chucky if you can make that happen i'd be happy there were so many i remember there was one scene um in the beginning when he's opening his gifts and i feel for him because like he's opening clothes and she's like you want a real gift don't you and of course he's like i want a good guy doll and it's you know i i love that the movie plays on you know this must have been around the time the same time i don't think it was the tickle me elmo sensation but the furby sensation had to be around this time right Mm, where people were punching each other in the face it was definitely in the aftermath of okay uh to our younger listeners bear with me here yeah, what toy gonna, like made people go yeah, wacko grandpa's gonna have his fireside chat it was the cabbage patch kids oh yes it was the cabbage patch kids i never got people into were straight, white folks were straight up housing each other in the malls over these dolls that were allegedly going to be collector's items and oh like baby babies i don't know i'm sure every few years there's something like that so while it predates uh tickle me elmo and 
and and Furbies that there were the 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 greed and and corniness of the 80s it makes perfect sense for people to get that way about cabbage patch kids and then that to like get to be part of the manifestation right. of what eventually became the lore of Chucky I'm sure when this came out no one could have predicted uh its success and how far it would be going totally thanks in part to the same creator Don Mancini but uh it's lasted and I think that's a a testament uh to the fans wanting more and and a creator's dedication but uh it's it, it is kind of odd to to see that that frenzy of of people in in big cities uh, oh, yeah. that that hope to find someone that may have found an item that fell off a truck for their kid's birthday or Christmas or something like that that back before everybody went viral for like you know punching another parent in the face at some big box store you had to you had to know a guy who knew a guy who may know might know a guy it's it's funny you know that we're talking about this around you know obviously not your favorite time of the year um and this is a reason this is not a reason it's one of my favorite times of the year but like the selfishness and the and the greed that comes with um with like the Black Friday sales. I think it's, I, I think COVID has had a hand in this as well, but I don't see it being as crazy as it used to be. Uh, also because Black Friday is like an entire fucking month now, like Black, mm-hmm. Black Friday sales are happening all the time. Um, but I remember in high school at Old Navy, they were doing like 99 cent flip-flops or something. And one of my friends, she and a couple of people went to, old navy to get flip-flops and one of those friends was very much pregnant like eight eight months pregnant and she got pushed to the ground for flip-flops like she was fine baby was fine everything was fine but still it's and then seeing those videos of uh of people like with the cabbage patch kids with the tickle me elmo and even the beginning of krampus how they show how people act it's uh Mm -hmm. It's quite insane. I'm glad. I, I I hope my mom has never had to do that. I don't think any of us were into the, like I just liked Barbies and then I liked Harry Potter. So I wasn't really into anything that was she had to punch someone in the face for. I remember the first time I heard the phrase "Black Christmas" was when I was working at Tower Records, and we were coming upon it, and and it's like, oh no, this is a pejorative term for the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, when- you mean Black Friday? Black Friday, rather. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I'm wrong about everything. Well, I was uh, like, what do you mean you didn't hear that term for a while? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Black Friday. Uh, you know, before the internet, where you know people would mm-hmm. actually just go to stores at the ass crack of dawn. The oh day yeah, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving night. Insane. No, no, no. This is before stores started doing that. Oh, doing it like at midnight. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it would be like right when it opened at a reasonable hour of like nine o'clock 10 o'clock and the waves of people that would come in with lists of shit and trying to get it done and then corporations as corporations will always do just thought how can we get more out of this so you see sales 
starting right after Halloween online or in stores to get the corporate dollar. And that was the best thing about last year is that that wasn't happening as much. No, everyone was just buying online. We no, I I wasn't even besieged by as many advertisements because new ones couldn't be produced. Oh, and and I think Corona proved Christmas is not essential, but we're getting off topic here. It's not essential in that term, yes. yes. Um, but like, but anyway, yeah. So the toy craze, I think child's play came out at the at the perfect time with that. And I know that, you know, a lot of people. I think it was the third one that, um, and I don't want to skip ahead, but I think it's the third one that got backlash because those uh, two little kids that killed a toddler in the UK in like the early mid nineties, one of the movies that one of the killers uh, dad rented was Child's Play 3. So mm-hmm. the UK was trying to ban it. So I know that there's been like controversies with it, but I don't think there just, was any. Just the to skip one. ahead, it was proven in court that the killers never actually watched the movie exactly it was just one of those things where they were just trying to find like a link uh but anyway um Uh, i don't think that happened with the first one though that there was any controversies but correct me if i'm wrong not that i'm aware of it was just it, it it also seems like that's the time when studios realized kids that couldn't get into rated r movies wanted to watch horror so with the prevalence of VHS and cable starting to make its way into homes uh, or, or firmly entrenched in homes by that point, it's like kids want to see these movies and they're going to do it. So let's make something that will also appeal to them. So there's foul language, no titty to speak of, but still it's okay. And maybe, you know, if parents that were kind of reluctant to let their kids see a horror movie depending on what scene they walk into they might just think oh it's a movie about a boy and his doll which it is but you know early and they're in going the film, on an adventure yeah early in the film before that you know that scene at the fireplace that you're talking about it could just be a boy going to the south side of chicago with his doll possibly to score some crack later on when chucky's all burnt to shit and needs to be shot in the heart it's a different tone I one of the things I love about this movie is um and the others do a good job with this too and the tv show did is when you see little Chucky scurrying like behind the couch or something you just see those little steps going it's um so adorable but scary at the same time but I love it I think it's a I think the first one's a really solid horror film I think it you know, holds up. I'm not going to say it's timeless, but I mean, it's still enjoyable um, if you take it for what it is. And I think, uh, you know, the buildup to the scene of Karen holding the doll to the fire was well earned and a really great, um, a really great build because at first all you see is like, you know, Chucky maybe at Andy's ear and you're not really hearing anything. And, um, and like Chucky said this like Chucky said life's a bitch then you die or whatever his line was uh you see those little bits of Brad Dourif's character of Chucky and then you get that well-deserved scene at the fireplace I think like what every franchise uh you're, you're 
you don't know it's going to be a franchise. You're trying to make the best movie you possibly can. And the success created the demand, which then created more. So it, it, it was successful. Enough people went to see it. And then that brings us to Child's Play 2. Yes. Now, upon rewatching, I think it's my least favorite of yeah. the bunch. Because it feels like, well, let's just do it all over again. But in the, the typical sequel rules as given to us by Randy from Scream, uh, just give a bigger body count. And, and, and not much else. I think the best thing about it is the introduction of Christine Elise as Kyle and I was, his new yeah. foster sister. I uh, was hoping you were going to say Kyle was the best thing about it because she really is. Because even to my young mind, uh, back in the day of 1990, so now I'm 14 and I see Kyle and it's like, you fine as a motherfucker, girl. <laughs> she looks great. I mean, she, she looks does. great in this movie, but I mean, now, like, she's hot. Yeah. She was um, kind of a bad girl. That appealed to me. Yeah. She, and and the savior at the same time, like, it, it yeah. shows, you know, people have layers. Um, uh, yeah, I, when my mom and I watched Child's Play 2, that one, I was kind of ready, like, after Child's Play, I was kind of just ready to get to the to the ones that I knew the best, which was Bride and Seed. So I was like, come on, let's go. Let's just watch these two movies. Let's get this out. Um, and it did like watching it back to back with Child's Play. I was like, damn, this is like just a four hour long movie. <laughs> like it's just um, kind of a repetitive continuation uh, with a fun climax. But at the same time, it's still like it's one that's not, you know, it it's it. it, it it's good that we have it because it did set up Kyle who becomes important later. Well, is important in this and continues to become important later on. But, and we also had more fun with Brad Dourif, but at the same time, it was, it was fine. Uh, not to skip ahead. Which one did you watch first? Which one did I watch? Which, which film was your first Bride. Uh, exposure? I figured. Bride. I figured. That made, yeah. That Bride was my sense. first exposure. Yeah. I didn't even think of that when I was saying when I first watched Child's Play. Yeah. Br Bride was my first exposure to Chucky. But, you know, going back and watching it, it's it's pretty cool to see some horror luminaries like Jenny Agutter from, and I may not be pronouncing that correctly, but she was the nurse in American Werewolf in London. You've got Grace Zabriskie from Twin Peaks uh in child's play too so it had been so long really so fucking long like it, it, definitely more than 15 years since i've watched any of these films mm -hmm. uh to go back and go hey it's that fucking broad cool good <laughs> to see it but it it's it's kind of weak i do like in the beginning that chucky now resurrected uh has to take out the toy company executive and because anytime someone sticks it to a corporation in any way, uh, even literally like this, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> the design of Chucky in this one, I'm just looking at the pictures again now. It's kind of, kind of funky, eh? Like, I'm like Canadian. Funky enough to make you briefly Canadian? Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Funky, eh? Um, yeah, looking at these pictures, ooh, someone needs a skincare routine. Like, it's just, he looks, ugh. Um, I don't know. 
<laughs> but you know and I'm sure we'll talk about the design the, the evolution of Chucky's design but in this one this might actually be one of my least favorite renditions of him I I forgot that it's just kind of it's kind of off but you do what you can you know you don't especially when you don't know you're going to make a sequel and it's it's all fucking practical so I mean, so you can't, I mean, my God, I could complain about the looks of a doll all day, but if it's all practical effects, then I think I'm, it's a moot point at that time, you know? Yeah. Now they can do so many combinations of practical and digital and make it all mm -hmm. looking great. But back then it's like, we got to make this Chucky for this scene. We got to make this Chucky for this action. We have to make normal ass dormant Chucky. We got to make angry fucking chucky and you got unshaven near duels like myself with remote control like this guy's gonna work the fucking eyebrow this guy's gonna work the fucking mouth it's it, it is a testament to effects as many of the the late 80s early 90s uh and even 70s horror are it's like you know they had to do it for real in the camera mm -hmm. there was very little let's fix it in post kind of thing so uh two i think uh took it blooded it up more uh fuck chucky up once again in the goop Ugh, yeah this there. one's gorier i would say right yeah it's gorier than the first one but one of the things i do like and it makes sense for later uh when the franchise moves to universal uh is that they kind of follow the frankenstein rule which i really mm. like from universal where wherever the monster was left in the last movie that's where you got to pick up in the next movie I, True. and and the comic book fan back when comic book continuity meant something uh that that resonated with me of like all right that's where they left them this time cool we're gonna pick up from there and move ahead speaking of moving ahead that brings us to three. Child's Play 3. Mm. 1991, just a year later. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting that it was a year later because of the time jump, you know. But mm -hmm. damn, they were like, we're making money, babe. Get the other one out. It, it's, it's comparable to the other franchises at the time of crank out another one as quickly yeah. as you can while it's profitable so uh again uh by by, by 91 <laughs> you are maybe a zygote if not uh, a mewling blob that lives swaddled in a blanket but the commercials at the time if it wasn't you know the next friday the 13th the next Halloween, the next Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. the next Hellraiser. There was always some other franchise coming out. Uh, like, this is what's going to get the teens in the theaters, uh, you know, either getting their parents to take them, or in my case, you find the kind of person who looks like I look now, and you'd ask them to buy you tickets to the movie 
if you gave them the money. And, I feel like uh, you looked like how you look now when you were asking people to buy tickets for you to see a movie. I did. I would just wasn't tall enough <laughs> to see into the box office. <laughs> You're like, there's a very short bearded gentleman here. <laughs> and he says he left his ID at home, but you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to sell him this. So, and, and, and I'll be honest with you. And I did think about this the other day. I would be more comfortable buying tickets for young people to a rated R movie than I would buying alcohol for them. So, you know, that that's how I would, would help the yeah, youth. I agree with that too. I've bought tickets for, for younger people before. I've, you know, had people that are, when I was in high school, if my friends weren't 17 yet and I was 17, then, you know, I would get the tickets. Um, yeah, I would do the same. But, you know, also... Uh, there'd be a part of me like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll buy the tickets, give me the money. Oh, wait, I forgot my wallet in my car. Let me go get it. And then I would leave with their money because, uh, yeah, you can rob shoulder. That's not a crime, is it? No, it's like stealing their lunch money. Exactly. They can point and cry, but that Listen, doesn't Listen, kids court. need to be bullied sometimes and they need to go through <laughs> hardships, okay? Some kids need to be... Do you think we would have Elon Musk if someone would have just please just shoved him into a locker? I just feel like some people don't get bullied enough. Hot take from me. Could very well be. Could very well be. Anyway, digress. As we said, uh, we've got this movie coming out a year after the previous installment, but Mm -hmm. it jumps 10 years and we have Justin Whalen show up as Andy Mm. Barclay. And again, for, for any of our younger listeners, this being sent to a military school was the common threat to boys that misbehaved god that was such a troop wasn't it you had major pain and you had all of these things or it's like you're gonna get sent to military school yeah you're right i never thought about that sorry continue that just a light bulb went off no i was threatened with it myself on more than one occasion yeah well the sky's blue so and as a child it didn't occur to me like you guys can't afford a military school. Surprised you can afford Catholic school. They want anyway, your blood, not your money. Anyway. This is true. This Hot is take true. number two. What else can I say? <laughs> Sorry. She's fired up, everybody. <laughs> Andy's a little bit older, mm-hmm. slightly wiser. Chucky is resurrected from the goop the corporation wants to bring back the good guy dolls after laying low from yet another string of murders and and get that money chucky finds andy barclay at the military school and ships himself via uh, not really fedex uh, some kind of courier service to that school he's opened up by by a young cadet named Tyler <laughs> reveals. I love Tyler. And love now it's Tyler. like now it's like okay, I've got to get out of this body. I can be another kid. It doesn't matter. And so it's kind of like that again, but you're dealing with bullying on a, a higher level in this military school, and uh, all this kind of weirdness in this place and uh i i'm i'm struck by two scenes uh 
very deeply because you know I'm getting into rock and roll by this time. Uh, I'm starting high school. I'm finally allowed to grow my hair. And the barber, who is uh, the the weirdo uh, dad, uh, not to be confused, the weirdo uncle from Hellraiser, and he's like, I just want to cut these boys' hair and be creepy. So I don't like that scene at all. What's is there another scene? You said two scenes, right? The other scene, this one I like more, mm-hmm. uh, where the one, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the character, but he's the other one that, that gets picked on constantly. Mm. Uh, uh, but he's Andy's friend. And when Chucky switches out the ammunition with the live rounds, here's this uh, somewhat passive kid who isn't all oorah like the rest of the fucking military jerk-offs. Uh, a grenade lands in front of him and he summons up the courage to jump on that grenade. And even watching it again this time, I'm like, that's that's heroism. This, this person who mm-hmm. was routinely abused by these others, but he's he's got a code. He could have run and let, I don't know, 16 to 20 of his classmates get blown to shit but no he he jumped on the grenade and sacrificed himself for everybody else so yeah i, I wish i remember the character's name but he, he's Damn, the hero I can't either of i'll, child's I'll play have 3. it open in a second and i'll tell you i'm um but no child's play three is it's so interesting because i know it's don's least favorite because I remember reading he was pressured by the studio to write it like while before Child's Play 2 I think even came out um and I understand that out of out of my own personal ranking of them I think uh Child's Play 3 would be a little down there but I think what Child's Play 3 has that works with for it is the premise that I kind of you know that I was missing in the second one um is Chucky found a new person, like you said, that he wants to uh, possess, and that's Tyler. And Tyler has that innocence, that quiet, you know, uh, naive, childlike innocence about him, where even when Chucky's cursing, he's surprised, or um, when he's like, I thought good guy dolls only said three uh, words or three sentences. And I'm new um, and improved. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's just those scenes are like, I'm your, you know, what are friends for when he was like sticking up for like being there for Tyler. And I love that manipulation of Chucky. And we'll get into that in the TV show because I think the TV show did a great job of that, where he is so good at finding those, uh, like little like child childish behaviors that are still there or childlike behaviors. I don't want to say childish. Um, and those little insecurities that we all have as children when we're feeling very shy or vulnerable and he's like amping it up. Like, he's just like, you know, you shouldn't take this or stuff like that. And, um, you know, you get what, what the other sign in this or, or quoting this don't fuck with the Chuck. And it's like, all right, relax. <laughs> like like lines like that. Yeah. So, so I understand why Don says it's his least favorite. I think there's definitely, you're going to have a disconnect regardless when you do such a big flash forward, when we are so used to the Andy we got in the two movies, and then you give us somebody completely new um and that's not don's fault whatsoever and that's not his writing's fault that's um 
that's just how the studio played it. So I like it. I, I want to see Tyler again, not to spoil anything um, with the series, but I hope to see Tyler again. I, I like this movie, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's lower on my ranking. I, I think you can make a very good point in that this is the first we see of the manipulative Chucky. And, and I think that, again, for, for the stickler for continuity that resides in me, it's like that's where we now have it evident. And it's one of those pieces that that character is going to carry with him mm-hmm. going forward. And speaking of going forward... Chucky went away for a while. Eight years? Chucky went, seven years? Yep. Chucky was gone for quite a while. And then 1998, Bride of Chucky comes. And I had a feeling this is uh, the first Chucky you saw. And I have a feeling that for a lot of people younger than me, this was their introduction yeah. to Chucky. United Artists didn't want to make any more of them. Uh, and it Chucky now... Chucky became elite universal pick it up and now chucky is a card carrying universal monster in with the classics frankenstein dracula the wolfman the gill man the mummy he's in that upper echelon that that now you're there but it's also a post scream one and here's where i started to Mm. uh fall out with chucky the first time in the rewatch, understood, like it more understood. spoiler, but it it's where the tongue starts going in the cheek. Very uh, much so. There, it it's very comedic. It's very meta. Uh, that that president, that I'm sorry, that uh, police precinct evidence locker with all the other references to all of the other slashers. There's a chainsaw, a hockey mask, a glove with razor blades. Uh, later on when funny man John Ritter gets killed or incapacitated by a nail to the face and Chucky says, that looks so familiar. Uh, at, at that point, it's, it's camp. You know, the tragically comic, the comically tragic. And I remember dead serious uh, Chucky. And I guess for a new generation, uh, Don Mancini realized you can't do that. It's not gonna work. It's a silly ass doll lead into the silly. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, Bride of Chucky was my first introduction to it. So for a long time, I really just like when I thought Chucky, I thought like the scarred, you know, stitched up Chucky mm-hmm. we get in this movie. It took me a long time to actually associate the actual OG like good guy doll uh, with him because. I think this movie does a great job of um, you. You are, of course, going to enjoy it a little bit more. It'll be a little bit sweeter if you've seen the OG three, but you can enjoy it on its own as well, because I get it like the wonderful, wonderful, despite like all of my, you know, mixed, very heated emotions about Rob Zombie. And the person he is um i mean he's actually a good person i mean like the mm-hmm. the artist that he is the beginning scene 
where you have living dead girl play and all of the snippets of the Charles Lee Ray murders and how, uh, you know, Tiffany falls in, like she's stitching him up and that song's playing. Like when, when me and my roommate were watching it in October, right when living dead girl started, I was like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> like I was just, I was so excited because I mean I did also what what like emo girl didn't love living dead girl so um that's another thing that was indicative of the times let's get the spooky uh metal goth yeah bands rap rock bands in for the soundtrack and throw that in as well so that's what made late 90s and early aughts movies chef's kiss those horror movies is the metal soundtracks they would have horror and metal is chocolate and peanut butter baby it is it is but yeah i um i remember loving that movie i thought it was so bizarre i didn't find it scary at all i found the ending scary but i'll i'll wait till we talk about that um but there were just so many things about it like you said they're so meta like i remember like how did you end up like this it would take us two or three movies to explain (laughs) like (laughs) if we were movies it would take two or three sequels to explain something like that like yeah you know it it, jennifer and the introduction of jennifer tilly as tiffany cannot be understated let's let's what a character let's use her full name if we may to show her respect fine ass jennifer tilly oh apologies apologies fine ass jennifer fine ass jennifer tilly with her breathy voice and just everything about her she's so good she's so believable i love when she you know finds out that he was never going to propose and her I, I love the idea of her being this, I mean, she's truly sadistic. We have learned, again, we'll wait till the next one when we're talking about the show, that she is a truly sadistic human being, perhaps even more sadistic than Chucky, but she's so romantic at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, and again, going back to, to the 90s, there were uh, crazy uh sexy girls that would date my crazy sexy ass uh that 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 uh were clearly bad for each other but you have to make that mistake now unlike chucky and tiffany these ladies and i were not dropping bodies anywhere but it's it's that weird combination that made it perfect uh for the time uh, even if I wasn't receptive to it at the moment, but I, I could definitely see that a lot of the love for the franchise came with the younger audience that got to the party with this volume of it. Because of fine ass Jennifer Tilly, uh, the 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 structure of Chucky that you mentioned it definitely reminds me of my my favorite looking uh Jason Voorhees which is uh Kane Hodder's first performance in Friday 13 part 7 where you see all of the damage from the previous films on that Jason like uh the the marks in the in the mask and and the cuts Mm -hmm. and it's spine is exposed and that's the same thing you see here because i think chronologically speaking with that 10 year jump 
from two to three, it makes it so that when Bride of Chucky comes out in 98, that's exactly when that experience ended. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, guy snatched up Chucky from the evidence after going through that gigantic fan. Here's Tiffany, played by fine ass Jennifer Tilly, showing up, stealing that thing, y- using voodoo once again. Dambala. 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 And then that impassioned, give me the power, I beg of you. Give me the power, I beg of you. Sometimes I think about that randomly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. I have a random urge just to yell that. Give me the power, I beg of you. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, this movie is, this movie is great. It's just, it's such a great late 90s uh, staple, in my opinion. I think there's just so many scenes that that really work and you have you know the the over possessive like I guess he's an uncle I can't remember at this point John Ritter's character mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun that poor bastard went through more than probably anybody in that movie um that part actually kind of freaked me out when I was younger uh the all of the nails in his head because that, that doesn't feel good what surprised me watching it again it's like holy shit that's Catherine Heigl yeah Catherine Heigl it's so interesting because I don't like to you know I I hate that she's someone who has like such a bad reputation but I think at the same time because women are often you know called divas or bitches or complicated just for being doing the same thing like men do Yeah. yeah and but I think she's a little bit of a special case in this regard where she is actually difficult. I think, you know, she's very easy to shit on the movie she's been in, which I get it. My God, this wasn't an Oscar winning movie and neither was Valentine and neither was a, what, what, what was it called? Um, Knocked up, but like, she's just known for being a little difficult. I don't know much about her. I know that she was difficult on Grey's Anatomy and all this stuff. And I don't know. I think I'm like the movies you've been in are not bad. I don't know what, well, pre Grey's Anatomy so I don't know why you're upset you could have become a screen queen babe Uh, yeah I don't know much about her behind the scenes stories but uh in rewatching, just like oh yeah the 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 actress from all of those romantic comedies that I also would not have watched exactly oh she was in this so it's well same I'm like that's why I'm like well your career went the way it did and either and if you like where it is that's great for you I'm happy for you but like you you're known for you know kind of squashing some relationships I mean please you know listeners correct me if I'm wrong but just from what I've read she's like not a nice person but um I like her in this movie she looks good too I think she's incredibly pretty it's the opposite of when I see the horror luminaries in the previous films and even when I see Alexis Arquette in this one it's like wait a second is that Alexis it is Alexis Arquette yeah right yeah but um what was it about the end of this that that terrified you other than the obvious so before i get to the very end i just have to call out one of the most iconic scenes in this movie is when you know uh, katherine heigl's character and her boyfriend um who she marries uh jesse bad mistake yeah jesse i like uh this is an awful awful line but i love chucky going i give him six months 
three if she gains weight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyway, um, they get married and um it's called tech, you little ginger yeah. fuck. <laughs> exactly. It's so bad. Anyway, uh they're obviously Chucky and Tiffany are planning to possess them and start over. And those two start kind of like reading each other and understanding what to do when they want to turn Tiffany and Chucky against each other. And she's just like, he won't do the dishes. It's the least he could do after you baked for him. And, you know, uh, and then Jesse's like, no, you're not going to do the dishes. That's not a man's job or whatever. And um, Chucky and Tiffany start like yelling at each other. And one of my favorite things is after Chucky goes on a rant to her about something, he just yells, by the way, where the hell did you learn how to bake? And it's just so funny, like throws the plates at him, but it's a great little scene. I think Brad and uh, fine ass Jennifer do such a wonderful job playing off each other um, that sets up for the rest of the movies. But anyway, what scared me as, as a young, younger child or adult, you know, however old I was when I saw this, um, was the little baby so uh, tiffany's pregnant um and the movie ends with her baby just like kind of spewing out after some wild doll fucking (laughs) yeah and it has like sharp teeth and you see like all of the fluids and the blood is still on it it jumps out like at the at the cop and that always got me because like the doll looks really creepy (laughs) it it is very creepy somewhat hell baby-esque with those oh, choppers it is hell baby-esque and bride it is definitely hell baby-esque i never thought of that but uh, i like the continuity of it even though it's retroactive it's like we got to get this medallion and i was buried in new jersey uh, so it's like okay that that okay. that makes sense i like that the franchise upon rewatching it seems to fill in some plot holes here or there that that I feel uh, did it better than Saw in some ways, and we'll get into that in a future episode. It's like okay, that that makes sense. Uh, I don't have an answer, or maybe I missed the answer of why Swedish meatballs are Chucky's favorite. I don't get it, but you know, my favorite foods probably baffle others. Yeah, I, I think know. it's just a thing. Like it's just like a, a a particular food to choose that you know he that is easy for to put in the movie. Like you with the queso at the Alamo Draft House. Queso is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. You heard it here once again. <laughs> but yeah, that was successful and resonated. And this time, Don Mancini gets to direct. Oh God! And when you give it's him the reins, yeah. And at this point, the tongue is deep, deep in the cheek, deep in the camp. Uh, we we the preview featured a Britney Spears lookalike being run off the road in two thousand four, and and this at that time, it's like, oh, this is way way too silly but now i'm a completely different person than i was in 2004 as i should be so even though you got camp ass john waters in the movie uh 
Glenn or Glenda, so not really established. Uh, Chucky and uh, Tiffany's child is this uh, androgynous non-binary, before non-binary was an actual term, character looking for its origin, looking for its parents. It's at some fucking... Uh, a Scottish fucking talent show thing being used as a ventriloquist dummy and off it runs escaping the logo of or, or the stamp on its wrist of made it in Japan makes it believe that it's Japanese uh, and a child's play or Chucky film is being made with actual fine ass Jennifer Tilly mm-hmm. and that's why that breaks the Frankenstein rule in that the dolls are there for the movie and somehow just wake up with Chucky and uh, Tiffany's personalities fully loaded. So fine-ass Jennifer Tilly is pulling double duty in this uh, wonderfully gory uh, film that, again, I think it's poking fun at Hollywood a little bit from uh, fine-ass Jennifer Tilly lamenting about the parts that she gets to uh, esteemed director Redman delivering my favorite line in the movie, like, in my Jesus movie, the Virgin Mary needs to be hot, which (laughs) I agree with. Yeah, I I love Seated Chucky. I've loved it since I since I first watched it. I thought it was so fun and so funny and everything about it was so like you said tongue in cheek and um I Jennifer Tilly. Finest Jennifer Tilly is just so funny just hearing her and her Tiffany voice go I want to be Jennifer Tilly. It's just so good. Who and, among um, us doesn't want to be Jennifer Tilly? <laughs> I want to be a star. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, if if I got to make out with Gina Gershon, I would be Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's just all all of the you know you have John Waters who's fantastic in it. Of course, I think. I, I mean, I don't know how true it is because anyone can edit IMDb trivia, but I've read that Redmond's character was supposed to originally be Quentin Tarantino, or at least that's who it was written for. In my, That's who Don had in mind when he wrote it. And I think that would have been obviously a different energy, but just it would be interesting. Um, but I'm still happy with what we got. Not as different as when you sent me that bit of information. Uh, for our listeners, I'm not great with abbreviations. So Chelsea sends me this information like the Red Man character was originally written for QT. And when I read that, there's an AEW wrestler named QT Marshall. And I'm like, why the fuck would he be in Seed of Chucky at this time? And then ah, all right. and, and then it kicked in like, oh. Oh, it's a young person using abbreviations and my old brain got befuddled. <laughs> but COVID um, ridden yeah. thought meets. They'll never be the same. Spell shit out. Spell shit out. No, never. Um, I live off abbreviations and acronyms. I can't be stopped no matter how old I turn. <laughs> this is true. But, um, <laughs> now, I yeah. don't know how 
uh, much of it pertained with Don Mancini uh, coming out and being public about his own sexuality. But if you look back at it, uh, this might be the first, because there was a gay character in Bride, but this might be the first non-binary character that we're seeing uh, that's addressed as such. Because even at that time, I don't remember hearing uh, transgender being used as the term. I don't remember hearing non-binary used as a term. And I admit, yeah. as a cisgender man, I may just be late to those meetings no, and were, find there out were afterwards. More, there were more kind of derogatory terms that were used at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're fair so in saying that. Here's one being, uh, even though it's a doll, being presented and made visible for an audience to, to digest. And I definitely think uh, with a younger audience, it, it's it's a step to making you wonderful young people far more tolerant in that you're seeing characters like this. Therefore, you accept people like this much better than my generation did, and we're trying to play catch up. Um, it, it, it's it's a positivity that I did not appreciate upon my first viewing of the film. Yeah, I think I didn't always fully appreciate what the what the film brought. Um, like, I, you know, I obviously I was rolling with it and I loved it and I loved the character of Glenn slash Glenda. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting to see that character's journey and <laughs> and just to see, you know, like your dad wants you to be a boy. Your mom wants you to be a girl like it's it's very like that's some real family drama that in in the movie that's very uh you know slapstick isn't the word but it's very you know it's it's silly it's a silly movie i mean come on but and even the glenn so or Glenda reference uh to the ed wood film is yeah is it's great full circle in a way that i don't completely understand and again probably didn't appreciate it at the first time that i'm seeing it but we end there with uh, presumably Tiffany in the body of fine ass mm -hmm. Jennifer Tilly uh, with two baby children's, one of which pure evil. The other one, bit of a timid boy that's just just peeing himself, peeing what himself happens? all the time. You're pissing yourself. You're, or what is it? You're pissing your pants <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah. And then Chucky went away for a little bit. And these next two films, I didn't even know existed till I came across them streaming. And my thought was, they made more? And they did. <laughs> Don Manzini came back again in 2013, writing and directing Curse of Chucky. So this one I watched for the first time going through this and we're introduced but to nika who's played by fiona dorf keeping it in the family <laughs> daddy daddy brad got her a sad card so now she's got that good insurance and, and she's a, a paraplegic young lady who's uh mom who's little she's got some health issues she gets a doll and uh out it comes 
mom quickly gets perished. Her sister that she does not get along with shows up with her brother-in-law and their niece and a priest and the babysitter. And I liked some of the connections to the OG thing. Like that elevator mm-hmm. looked very similar to the one in, in the apartment when Andy, uh, where Andy grew up and things of that nature. And the other thing I really liked about this is the red herring of you think the dad, the brother-in-law rather, is the one banging the babysitter. No, mm-hmm. it's the sister. So oh we got God. yet another gay connection uh more lgbt characters being prevalent like and and i like that and it may not even be intentional a way of playing with the audience it's like oh you're expecting this thing here's something else uh and it's like oh okay that's even sexier (laughs) yeah i i first so seeing these two movies being made uh curse and cult were kind of what made me want to go back and watch them because i was like oh i feel like we're not going to get it because it's the same looking it up it's the same uh creator and stuff because my mom and i were looking for new horror movies to watch or at least ones we haven't seen before and um and obviously we didn't watch cult until much later because that came out in 2017 but we were able to watch curse um we got it from Redbox, i remember this was before this, it was streaming. This did not get a theatrical release. No, no, it did not. So I remember we got this one from Redbox. Um, anyway, uh, I I really liked it. It felt back to basics, for lack of a better way to put it. It felt very almost almost straight horror in a way before you got into a little bit of the silliness. Um, and I thought the addition of Fiona, of Nika, I liked Nika a lot. I felt for Nika and I was really excited about her being a final girl and it broke my heart how, how things went at the end of it. But it was, it was so fun to see how everything unfolded slow, but fun. It it was slow burn before slow burns were starting to get popular again. I would say. It it did where I did like that. Um, it's all going to get pinned on her. Nobody's going to believe her. It's uh, like, my much- God, how do, I'm sorry, but how do you believe that, that that she did all that? Like she was, so she's obviously, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, she's paralyzed. How did she do all that? Anyway, I'm not a cop. I don't frame people it, it, for things. It's, it's similar to, you know, no one believing Andy in the first film. It was like, it, yeah. it was like no, this is too far-fetched. The, you are you are a dumb lady. Uh, we are not going to believe you. Um, go to this asylum. <laughs> Fair. But I, I I did dig that you've got like a, an evolution of the doll uh, who then the face gets peeled off a little bit. You see that that scarification that that uh, the new generation are more familiar with, and and. And the return to horror is what I liked. Uh, even that little scurrying in the background, as hilarious as it always <laughs> yeah. is, um, it, it, it brings it back to the fold. The tongue is out of the cheek to an extent. 
it, it's a better balance between the horror and the comedy that the, mm -hmm. the scale isn't tipped too far one way or the other now what opinion. did you think of the twist where we find out that the reason nika is paralyzed is because of charles lee ray because he was obsessed with nika's mom and and kidnapped her when she was pregnant with nika what did you think of that i let that was the piece of the puzzle that was missing while you're watching it because uh, it's like okay why this family why right why is Chucky here? Because it's not a case of uh, being in Springwood. It's not being in Haddonfield. It's not going to Camp Crystal Lake or uh, Victor Crowley's fucking swamp. Right. That package was delivered there for a reason. But we don't find that out until it's time. So you're, you're there along for the ride, but it's, it's, it's like a, I don't want to say aggravating, but I can't think of a better term. It's, it's a nagging itch at the back mm. of your brain. Okay. Yeah. What is the connection here? Because if you get to the movie and there is no connection, it's just a bunch of random shit. That's a disappointment. Right. But to find out that it circles back and it builds the lore that Don Mancini, who at this point is what, like 20, over 20 years deep, 25 years by this point, deep with this character. And I think that's one of the things that uh, makes the whole series enjoyable. Cause you know, everybody else's creators left them. And, and, and you'll see that in like comic books too, where it's like, okay, the creators did their thing and now someone else, another creative team comes in and maybe they do a better job on the road that was already paved. Maybe they don't. You can tell this, this is Don's thing and he's, he's writing it and directing it at this point. He's the guy that has control with the budget that mm -hmm. he's given and nobody knows these characters like he does. So mm -hmm. by the time the credits roll, I'm happy. Uh, and speaking of the credits rolling, I really appreciate you telling me streaming doesn't have the, the so post-credit sequence. So Got annoying because it. it's vital to the next yes. one. Anyway. Gotta go to YouTube. Yeah, and I and I thank you for that. Uh, the post credits we'll leave you hanging. where where another Chucky doll shows up in an address, and it is grown ass. Uh, Alex Vincent, I believe his name is. Yes, that's his name. Fully grown, Andy Barkley. Oh, sees the package, fires a shotgun directly into Chucky's little ginger fuck you face. Andy. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yes that is essential that should be available on streaming especially if it's the same fucking service where you're going to watch cult of chucky right after which also it, doesn't have the they don't have the post credit scene for cult in uh the streaming service either 
shit, I didn't know there was a post credits. Oh, that's on me. I thought I told you. I'm do you mind me spoiling YouTube. it for you, or do you please want to please do? Because I'm going to watch it right after this. It's, it's please spoil it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, please do. Um, it introduces Kyle. So, uh, I, back in, I would have liked that. I would have liked it because you know I, I I love me some Kyle. I yeah. would. I just I don't would. understand why those post credit scenes that are vital to like first of all the first one is vital to cult, and then the one in cult is. I wouldn't say vital to the show because you were fine watching it without knowing mm-hmm. that. But I mean, it does at least give you an explanation. It's like, of, I'm not going to say what the scene is. I'm just going to say it introduces, reintroduces Kyle. Cool. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out because uh, that's important. But you get the idea that at this point, or at least I get the idea, that Man- Mancini has a big picture in mind that he's like, okay, I've got control. I'm going to keep this chugling along uh whether it's in the next film or eventually a tv series or wherever he's the guy uh that that's that that's at the helm and he's got more ideas because i think in watching uh have you watched any of the shutter series behind the monsters no not yet yeah we uh watched the the chucky episode right when uh season one of the tv show uh ended uh just to keep it chewing along and he even admitted i think with three that he was out of ideas there's nothing left in the tank and by this point it's like oh he's clearly got more ideas i was about to say well damn for someone who doesn't have ideas like that could happen happen. you you can be drained and then you got to step away in order to come back with with fresh a fresh mind to kick mm-hmm. it in to the next one cult of chucky another one didn't get a theatrical release so again when i when i first tripped over it on streaming i'm like and they made another one that i never heard of okay and the tongue goes a little bit back in cheek for this one i would say a little, little bit little bit you've got uh, you, you you've got nika back for more she's in an asylum she's got a doll showing up you've got andy talking to a severed head of chucky and you wonder to yourself the fuck how are there there multiple chuckies and uh, spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen the movie i interpret it as chucky done made himself into a bunch of horcruxes he, he, he used some extra voodoo, split up his soul to put it in uh, numerous dolls, yep. other people. Yep. You this can't underestimate re- the power of Dumbala. Dumbala's clearly a bad motherfucker. Sorry, I, 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 I like the, the gore in this one. I like the convergence. Of the tongue back in cheek of, and, and it's kind of sparse, even even those shots. And that's something that that I noticed uh, a bit with the Universal films. Clearly, there's a De Palma influence of having something in the foreground in focus and a character or something in the background in focus at the simultaneously. That you know is usually very prevalent in Brian De Palma films. So I dig that. But the scene where Chucky is walking down the hallway and 
he encounters uh, the, the older woman and has a speaker like, oh, yeah. I'm a mass produced doll from the 80s and goes on and yeah, on and it's on. It's like, I'm coming for you next, whatever. <laughs> like that scene is so good. Um, I love Cult of Chucky. I think it's really fun. And uh, sorry, Rick, talk for a second. My cat needs sure. to co- get out of the room. Sure. The other thing that I like about it is uh, Nurse Carlos, a little more uh, LGBT representation and inclusivity mm-hmm. that now uh, you have a character, a gay character that's presented as natural as the sun rising in the east. There's a nurse. That yeah. nurse is gay. Are we going to make a big fucking deal out of it? No. Because encountering LGBT people should be as natural as the sun rising in the West. It, it's it, it's it's fine. And and Nurse Carlos, he's a stand-up dude. He's doing the right thing. He's just doing his uh, job. He gave her a piece his, of gum. Yeah, within his standard operating procedure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and go ahead. No nurse ratchet. He's no nurse ratchet. Um, Apologies, everyone. My cat likes to have the door open for her when she wants to exit or enter my room. So that was the reason I needed a stall for a moment. But uh, I I love this movie. I I do think I used to say I loved Curse more than Cult if I had to put them together. But after watching them recently again, I think I might like cult more I think um the characters are really interesting and poor Nika you know she knows what's going on nobody else does her therapist is a piece of shit and you know what this is the movie where we start having a Chucky with standards like when he's like I'm not sure whether to be impressed or disgusted by this guy or whatever he says because the therapist is you know he assaults his patients um but Chucky's like, God, what an asshole. I love it. I love a supportive Chucky, an ally Chucky. So this one's fun. It's a fun movie. It, it is. And, and once again, you get to the end of it. Uh, now a bit of Chucky is in Nika. Uh, mm. Nika can walk. Uh, we have fine-ass Jennifer Tilly back towards the end. As, as as Tiffany within finance, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly I, I, playing I, Tiffany playing Jennifer Tilly. Exactly. You think it's going to be Andy coming in to the asylum for the big showdown. And it's like, no, nah, motherfucker. Locks Andy in. Nika goes off. Or Chucky Nika. Nika Chucky, however you want to. Now Chucky's in, in abroad. Oh, yeah. Going off kissing on fine ass jennifer tilly which you know i i i wonder how brad dora feels about it it's like it's a good question it's a little, little weird to, to, see, to see his baby child kissing on fine ass jennifer tilly, but who could blame her oh yeah fine ass jennifer tilly so fun i think it really brings an interesting you know and we'll talk about it with the series but a really interesting exploration and expansion of this like Chucky universe where it's not just you can switch your soul with a doll or with a human but now you can actually break apart your soul and be in multiple dolls multiple people and how that affects you know if when you're in people when you're in dolls the pros and cons there 
um you know I mean my god it, it left him open to write so many amazing things he really did like cleverly expand his universe from the first I, movie to this I can very much so I can definitely see uh the the faithful fans that watched this before I did with that ending uh wanting and clamoring for whatever the next chapter would be mm -hmm. and I hope that our fans listening to this uh will be left clamoring for the next chapter of this conversation because we're gonna pause here yep and on our next episode we're going to get into the 2019 child's play remake and we're going to talk about all of season one of chucky um and and get more into the groove of things not to quote madonna but it is a film from the 80s so that's fair so chelsea <laughs> tell the people where they can find you if they won't find it you can find me on twitter and on instagram just look up chelsea bennington and i am right there and then my shameless plug uh I volunteer uh, for the George A. Romero Foundation, GARF for short. So check them out as well. Yes, yes. You can help out those wonderful folks at the George A. Romero Foundation. They're putting cameras into the hands of young filmmakers yep. to carry on the legacy of King George. And we appreciate everything that they do uh, and, and, and the fun that they bring to the world and Chelsea's life in particular. But that's just my selfish mm -hmm. point of view. You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Uh, you can check me out at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety. And until next time, Chelsea, you having fun with this conversation? Uh, I'm your friend till the end, Rick. Heidi ho. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky.